It's time for our Friday Shorts on Your Daily Dose. Hey, it's Bob. Nick and I have so much fun talking to each other that sometimes we lose track of time and things run long, or they wander off into uncharted and funny territory. Rather than lose the joy and the majesty of those moments, we've chosen to serve them up to you in batches on the last Friday of every month. And voila, here we are, the last Friday of the month. Enjoy. I used to try to buy art and Patty would say, why do you need to buy art? You're an artist. Well, because I want to see <laughs> someone else's stuff. And it inspires me to have amazing artists work, you know, in my in my house. I have a couple of Tracy Burks, mm-hmm. who is an amazing painter who now lives in Atlanta. I have a, a Johanna O'Donnell original uh, called Haley as Mother Earth, which is a painting of one of her pregnant friends with tattoo sleeve all down her arm. And it makes me happy to have them. Have you ever wanted to own a piece of art just because it's by XYZ? Yeah, yeah. Dali. I, I I would love anything that he created just to say that I have a Dali because yeah. I, I love his art. Um, Picasso, I've actually grown to love as, as much mm-hmm. too. Uh, I, obviously, I can't afford either of those artists, but yeah, I encounter them a lot where I, where I just want to, I just want it because they made it. They right. make it cool. I think that's the essence of art. It's more about the artist than it is the actual product. I think that's true of authors. Like if you were to have the opportunity to get like a first print or an autographed copy of a book, you'll make certain, like maybe it's not your favorite book by that author, but you'll go ahead and it doesn't really matter because it's them. Exactly. Yeah. It's a piece of them. That's what we want. An artifact of sorts. I, uh, I collect things like that. Yeah. Things that I can say, oh, well, this represents that experience or that, you know, every time I meet a famous person, I, I get humbled, <laughs> not intentionally. Now, you've heard some of the stories of me encountering people, but I, I yeah, I definitely, I buy for the artist. Uh, and if I, it's, the image is striking and beautiful, sometimes I'll just go ahead and try to recreate it. That's oh, see, you can do that. I can't do sometimes. that. I have to get the, <laughs> I have to get the piece of art or find it or. Sometimes just invite them on my show and hope they give me something. That's happened once or twice. You get their magic by inviting them in and opening them up and asking them questions. And I don't expect anything, obviously. Like if they want to give me something of theirs, that's amazing and wonderful. And I really, I appreciate it more when somebody gives of themselves because they don't expect it. They're doing Mm. me a favor by coming on the show. Yeah. So I really don't expect them to give me anything. If anything, I should be giving them, I should be bestowing more gifts upon them. I love that you just said that. They're giving you a gift. The reality is, I believe, that you are giving your listeners the gift of including them on your show. You know, it makes it a lot more interesting for us when you bring cool people on the show and we get to listen to their lives and hear you incisively ask them questions. So I feel like that's, it's a win-win, win-win-win. Everyone's getting a gift. (laughs) You get a podcast and you get a podcast and you get a podcast. I love it. (laughs) Terry Olson, who runs Orange County Arts and Cultural Affairs, once told me that he considers everything that he posts online to be a gift. That's his litmus test. Is this a gift for my friends? And if it is, then he posts it. And it could be the gift of looking at Terry's life, or it could be the gift of an insight that he's had or an event that's coming up. But he treats it that way. And it kind of changed the way that I view social media because it makes me question the altruism of it. I want to be altruistic. I don't want to be nauseatingly altruistic so that I'm a martyr, but I want to 
give more than I take from the experience. And I think you do too. Well, I think you do that online very well. And that's why you have a lot of people interacting with the stuff that you post. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you look at Facebook and you look at the the quality of interactions that you have, and it's not just likes and it's not just thumbs up or yeah. hearts or something like that. It is, hey, that made me think. Yeah, comments. And they feed me. Nick, yeah. I'm, and I know you would just show me some amazing responses that you've gotten from the universe of some of the type, uh, the March mail that you sent out there and just the other cool individual things that you do for your friends. Uh, it's amazing how it comes back. Yeah. I can't believe I, every day I have something waiting in my inbox or in an IM that says, hey, this made me think of you. And it's always stuff that makes me so happy that that would make them think of me. Uh, and I know seeing the stuff that you got, I mean, talk about some of the things that you've gotten back uh, from your friends. I'd say you going through the map of somebody's house so that you could rob them. I, I think we talked about it right before I got a lot of this stuff back. But my friend Rachel Simmons, who's an instructor over at Rollins College, sent me a bunch of random art and doodles and this beautiful. type of note and it's wonderful i got a couple of pieces back and i'll ask so you know it's interesting with with mail because you sometimes forget what you write <laughs> right. so unless someone specifically responds to what you said you know like you're talking about whether or not you should start a dream journal and they give you advice on how to start a dream journal or you tell somebody that you want them to write about uh, a recipe for disaster and somebody writes you a poem um, or you say hey I, I'm thinking about breaking into your house in the case of Katrina Constantine who's a wonderful cartoonist and a, a very funny woman and uh, has been on the show a couple of times uh, she draws me a map it's so it's hilarious yeah unfortunately she's got a fairly well-guarded house <laughs> uh including some trained animals and a Roomba with knives uh so that's the downside to trying to break into her house <laughs> that's amazing but yeah and it's just you know i gotta put up a cork board or something so i could put this stuff up and just mm. remind myself Wait, wait, there was something you just said that sparked something else that I had heard. Give me, what's the last thing you said? Uh, Incepted in your dreams. Dreams, dreams, dreams. There was a cool improv game uh, invented by Del Close, uh, who was famous at uh, Improv Olympics in Chicago and really one of the founders of improv, and it's called Dreams. And what they do, I just think this sounds like so much fun, I want to do it. It's a long-form game where they have an audience member get up and tell them about their day all the things, the details of their day. And then the players get on stage and try to act out what dreams they're going to have when they go to bed tonight about the experiences that they've had. Oh, And I just thought, what fun that would be. Just to, because you could be so silly and farcical and still draw from the details that they give you yeah. in such a way that you could weave something interesting and fun with no limitations. And so guess what? I thought, um, I'm going to try to talk my friends into playing that game. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I want to watch that show. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, I thought so too. That's the way I tend to judge improv concepts that people come up with. Like I had this improv concept that I still want to do called uh, Sack Show and Tell. Uh, and Sack being the name of the theater, <laughs> lest we be confused by that description. Uh, but to say, and the way it goes is audience members bring in 
things from their lives to do show and tell. And Ooh, okay. 10 audience members get to get up on stage behind the mic and actually share their show and tell, whether it's a visual on a screen or a physical object or, or a trait about themselves. And then the improvisers will then improvise scenes based on what we've been shown and told by that person. And so you have 10 little vignettes based on somebody coming up and doing show and tell, right? And you get the story behind the piece too, right? It's not just here's this urn. Yeah, it's also yeah, yeah. who's in it. Well, come on now. <laughs> Sorry, I'm still in the graveyard for some reason. <laughs> Nick, that is hilarious. <laughs> I was going to just say it's my Velveteen Rabbit, Oh, period. You can't ask any questions about it, and I'm not telling you anymore. Thank you. <laughs> no, see, there's a tell part to show and tell. Yes, no, this that is makes the tell sense. Part. Yeah, okay. And, and so, yeah, there has to be. And it's. I think it would also be kind of cool if the uh, if the players or maybe the host of the show could ask questions of the person who's just done the show and tell to provide a little more beef. It just seemed like a kind of a fun, cool something that we might be able to do at SAC. Nice. So there, always thinking. And those are your Friday shorts. Three times the calories and three times the time. I'm not sure if that works. I'm Nick. Thank you for listening to your Daily Dose. Tune in every weekday for more. I guess you don't really tune in. It's a podcast. So open your podcast app every weekday for more. Because there will be more from someone, including us. Uh, I'm not selling it. Have a great day.